Sit down if you want to. Right in the middle of what's going on. I'm in the middle of an interrogation. Take a seat, young Skywalker. The middle children of history, man. Middle of the day, Alfred. Please, take a seat there. Right now, I'm in the middle of nowhere. It's up the middle of the base hit! Meeting in the middle. Spike, spike. They fought for the freedom of middle. The middle of the middle. The middle of the middle. The middle of a war! Bring it ridiculous! Why don't we have a seat talk it over? No! Not the middle seat! When you need a minute to look it over, it's time for a freeze frame. We're Nate Lungarini, Andrew Roger, and Jay Kensler of The Middle Seats, and this show is designed to pause and take a quick look at a different movie topic each week and see how it holds up with a closer look. So happy you can all join us. Now it's time for Get Out. No, 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 don't leave. What I mean to say is this week we'll be freezing on Jordan Peele's Get Out. I ain't never seen you like this before, bruh. Meeting families, taking road trips. Don't come back all bougie, man. Do they know I'm black? Should they? You might wanna. Mom and Dad, my black boyfriend will be coming up this weekend. I just don't want you to be shocked. <laughs> Can I see your license, please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. So look, I go do my research. Apparently, a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb. Do you smoke in front of my daughter? She'd take care of that for you. How? Hypnosis. Get out. Sorry, man. Okay. Get out! Yo! Sink into the floor. Wait, 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 wait. Sink. Alrighty, so the premise behind Get Out is fairly simple. A young black man, Chris Washington, goes to meet the family of his girlfriend, Rose. However, he quickly suspects something is off. But is it just a discomfort of being the only black man acting normally at the reunion, or something much more sinister? The film stars Daniel Kaluuya, and he's backed up by Allison Williams, Katherine Keener, Bradley Whitford, Betty Gabriel and a breakout appearance for fan-favorite Little Rail Howery. The other big talk behind this movie was that it was the directorial debut of Jordan Peele, most known for his comedy work in Key and Peele. So let's discuss, is horror too much of a departure for Peele's first movie, or did it all work out? This is a spoiler-filled review, but if you're curious about the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, look for the ratings timecode in the description below. So boys, what do we think about Get Out? Let's start with Drew. Well, I think there's something to be said for the talent of Jordan Peele here on display. There's this saying that comedy is like one of the hardest things to pull off. And if you can pull off comedy, then you can pull off the other genres. And I think this movie proves that that's absolutely true because Jordan Peele is a hilarious, hilarious human being. But Get Out also is able to take his comedic sensibilities and mix them with something truly terrifying and dark and really socially woke at its core. It's just a damn well, really, really good movie across the board as far as writing, as far as acting. Some relatively unknown performers coming in giving really good performances from Daniel Kaluuya, who does a really excellent job in the lead role, all the way down to small bit players like Bradley Whitford and Lil Rel Howery and Lakeith Stanfield, who is grown in notoriety in past years as well. So re-watching the movie, 
I think it's telling how much this movie still has power even two years later. It's such a well-made film, and it deserved to get all the notoriety that it did. I mean, absolutely. I actually would think, overall, I was slightly lower than the average person that went to see it, and I still thought it was great. Uh, I'm very happy that this got a lot of Academy Award recognition. It won Best Original Screenplay. Jordan Peele got nominated for Best Director. Daniel Kaluuya got nominated for Best Actor. All well-deserved. I was very happy that the Academy was able to recognize all that. And more importantly, now we are, you slap Jordan Peele's name on something, you know, from the mind of Get Out, and everybody's amped. You know, everybody's excited for us. A couple weeks after Us comes out, we get the Twilight Zone reboot. But yeah, Get Out was, you know, super original. If I'm going to teeter into flaws a little bit, since we're all going to be very positive, I'm assuming. I think its third act is slightly weaker. Teeters into generic territory in the third act, but it's still really good. It's still directed better than the average, you know, revenge third act, as, as you might say. And I love that they're good and smart enough for Nate to go out and see some horror thrillers. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good segue into my thoughts here. Uh, yes, I am the scaredy cat. So, yes, this was not fun for me to go into. But once I got my butt in the theater and saw this, I was really, really happy. This was such a surprise of a movie because it just seemed like all the pieces were in the wrong spots. Jordan Peele directing a horror movie it was something that was just unheard of at the time but not only was this movie a well-directed horror thriller but it really brought out some standout performances it was funny enough but not enough to distract from the story itself which is incredibly unique and just to elaborate on that this movie was original we do not get a lot of these in hollywood to blow up as much as Get Out did. This did incredibly well, both critically and at the box office. And that meant a lot because now Jordan Peele has the pull to do more and more projects. That's why Us is getting as much hype as it is. It's a story that hasn't been told before. And a lot of people related to this story and went out and saw the movie and loved it. Right. So let, let's elaborate a little bit. What, what are our favorite parts of Get Out? Uh, so I'd say the best act is the second act when everything is really moving and building to the climax. I still think back to this moment in Get Out, one of my favorites in recent memory. It's basically the big reveal, but it's a show don't tell. So Kaluuya's character goes to walk upstairs to check his phone to see if it's charging. I think it's the second time. It is, yeah. Yeah, so he goes up to see if it's actually charging this time. And as soon as he goes up the stairs out of view, the entire room pauses and follows him up the stairs and any hint, any hunch idea that you might have of what's going on is proven in that exact moment perfectly as they all turn their heads to watch him go up the stairs. And both times I've seen this movie, the hair goes up in my arms. I'm like, that's just mm -hmm. such a brilliant reveal for anything you were wondering. Yeah. Just a great execution. Love that shot. For sure. At this point in the movie, you know something's wrong, but you're still trying to pin down exactly what. And everybody's in. Oh, right. Beautiful. This movie is an absolute master at escalation, too. Yes. Nate, you pinpoint a word earlier that I wanted to jump on. Relatable is a really good word for this movie. And we talk about how they're pitching us as Jordan Peele's latest nightmare. And what are the scariest nightmares that you guys have? They're not the ones where, like, the cookie monster's running after you, just for example. They're the ones that are rooted in real life and actually could happen to you. Those are the ones that shake you the most. And Get Out does a really good job at preying on... The usually unfounded fears, especially for a young black man in society. 
just the way the movie sets up little hints about what's happening, that there is something more sinister here, like Bradley Whitford kind of making inappropriate comments. But you think, oh, he's just like kind of the the goofy dad trying to relate. Trying to relate and not seem racist, even though everyone in his family keeps on getting off these one-off comments that just play so wrong when they're trying to act so casually. Right, exactly. That happens every day in society. But it doesn't lead to, you know, this movie's big twist, which is slavery, mind control slavery. It's the horrific fantasy that that could happen to somebody. Jake, I kind of agree with you that if I have issues with this movie, it becomes a little bit like get out of the house, bloody revenge fantasy in the last couple of minutes. But also in those final minutes, the scariest thing that happens is he finally escapes. He's about to walk away. And then you think the police are there. Yeah. Like little Mm -hmm. stuff like that is just so unbelievably brilliant and so in tune with what is going on in reality today that it just gives the film an extra gut punch that it wouldn't have if it was just, you know, some schmuck making it as a generic horror movie. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to to favorite scenes for a minute, my personal favorite part of the movie is is the big reveal when Rose and Chris depart from the family reunion for a little bit, and we keep cutting back to this shot of Bradley Whitford's character with Chris's picture in the background at like a bingo game and he keeps on pointing and the camera slowly is zooming out as we cut back and forth between the conversations and we realize that this is a freaking auction. Yeah. That is my chill moment. And he's the only one that doesn't know. (laughs) Exactly. Chris is the only one not in on it and the movie still plays with you even after this point because you think that Rose is in on it and you're almost... 100% confirmed when you find pictures of her other previous boyfriends, quote, in her closet. But there's still that little bit of hope when she's playing dumb at the very end. Like, is she not in on it? Is this all just some weird misunderstanding and the whole family's crazy, but Rose is okay? Nope. (laughs) Right. And this is such a tricky tone to balance. Mm-hmm. He's got his direct comedic elements in there, too, like Lorel Howery basically playing the role of the audience throughout all of this. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Which was a really smart idea. Yeah. But even the main actors like Daniel Kaluuya's reaction to a lot of what's going on. We're just kind of like, what the hell? But he's not like being crazy about it. But then the big twists require a lot of Allison Williams, Catherine Keener and Bradley Whitford. And they nail it like they turn on a dime, especially Allison Williams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she goes crazy from zero to 200 in like five seconds. You buy it completely. Yeah. One of the most iconic scenes in years with the tea stirring hypnotism, the sunken place. That scene is already known everywhere for a generation. That's going to go down in history for, I don't know, a long time. Like, everybody's going to talk about that scene. I think that scene's going to get replicated. I think it's going to get brought up in comedies like a spoof. That scene is literally everywhere. I mean, a first-time director got iconic moments from everything in this movie. Right. I also want to talk a little bit about the opening scene with Lakeith Stanfield because I think that, again, leans into the fear of, you know, just a black man walking at night and he sees a car possibly following him and it ends up being exactly what he thought it was. Somebody was following him. What a way to start the movie. Like, Oh, yeah. And it looks all one take, too. I don't know for sure if it is. I, I want to rewatch it now. I think it's a little bit of visual trickery, but it looks impressive. Yeah, and it takes talent to direct that kind of thing. Something else that I just love this movie for is the little attention to detail, too. 
And most of it is to make you feel uncomfortable, but it's also just to really solidify the world that Jordan Peele has created here. The surgery that requires all this mind control to happen does leave a scar on everyone's forehead. So to compensate everyone who is acting strange, they all wear hats or at least wear enough of a wig to cover up the scars. Mm-hmm. I even like the, the social commentary details that I think most of us missed until after it was brought up. Like there's one where she's like looking at like basketball players and she's separating uh, Fruit Loops, which is colored cereal from milk, which is white, which I absolutely did not pick up on the first time I saw it until I read about it. Mm. You could do a whole college transcript on this thing. Yes. How it goes over, you know, the black man and like a bigger physique. You know what I mean? And like how that was always more desirable in slave culture. And that's the kind of men that they're targeting. It just develops so well. And like you, Jake and I kind of touched on, it does get a little bit too like, oh, I'm just going to kill you to get out. But at the same time, it's kind of nice to see that after everything he's been through through the entire movie. Yeah. Like, I don't know how else I would have ended it. <laughs> right. It never dropped. I never got to a point where I was disliking it, like ever. I was never not enjoying myself. But I go, solid ending, but I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. I'm actually higher on the ending than you guys are. And maybe it's just part of my psyche is wanting the happier ending as the guy who doesn't like horror movies because most of my personal nightmares are situations where I can't get out of a building like I'm trapped inside something Um, (laughs) so actually seeing the main character get out after all that craziness that went on inside the house was at least cathartic for me Mm. it was all about the escalation too and it just keeps the momentum going I'm constantly excited watching the movie yeah true like, you don't feel like he's safe until he even gets into the car with Lil Rel Howery at the end. Until the credits roll. That's when he's safe. Right. Because <laughs> um, you even <laughs> right. have that fake out with the cop at the very end. Right. There's an alternate ending that they shot for this that I guess test audiences thought was too dark. So yeah. actually are cops and he goes to prison. You can watch it right now. It's on YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah. Like the ending we thought might happen. They did film. It's very interesting. I think people thought that was a little too much, which I, I mean, you got your point across with it just being the fake out. So I can see that. Either case, the fact that it's such a compelling story either way goes back to Jordan Peele's unique voice here, telling a story that hasn't been told the same way before. And, you know, we've already touched on Jordan Peele's social commentary, but even one like from a comedic standpoint that definitely resonates with a lot of black audiences was people, you know, in the movie like, oh, Obama, best president of my lifetime, would have voted a third Mm. time. Or Tiger Woods, easily best golf player, my favorite, you know, there's nobody better. And it's like, I've seen on Twitter and stuff like that where after this movie came out, people have come out and said like, yes, that is that is such a thing. I hate when different people of color try to connect with me via that or just because you like Obama or Tiger Woods doesn't mean you're not racist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He plays it off as a joke in the movie and it definitely fits. It's funny, but it's also very real and very eye opening. It's super frustrating because it's not overtly racist. It's all about the subtext. Yeah, exactly. Right. It happened with Black Panther. I saw somebody tweet like. I get it. You saw Black Panther. Please stop telling me. Yeah. You know, similar stuff. Great points, Jake. All right. I think that just about wraps it up. Uh, So quickly, let's just go through final thoughts. And what would you rate this movie on the seek scale? Let's start with Drew. So it's very close to our top rating for me. I think I'm going to hold back a little bit because I do remember having minor issues with the third act. So I'm going to go with a really, really strong plush recliner. It was just such a cultural phenomenon when it first came out. Completely unexpected. But if you have not seen this movie already, first of all, 
I hope we didn't just completely spoil it for you, but that's kind of your fault. Like Nate warned you already. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know what to tell you, man. But if you have not seen it and somehow still want to see it after this, please do yourself a favor because there's not only a lot to love about it, but there's a lot to talk about. Very nice. Uh, Jake, what do you got? Very, very similar boat. As much as I, I think it's great and super smart and totally original and enjoyable, there's just something that doesn't quite reach a royal throne for me. But like Andrew said, it's it's pretty much as high as a plush recliner can get. But yeah, great horror movie. And I guess that just leaves me. I am a huge fan of this movie, and I will not be a stickler and go all the way. This is a royal throne for me. I love every act of this movie, and I just love the craftsmanship behind Jordan Peele's first nightmare here. Having an original story already is points in my book, and Get Out is just such a rock-solid directorial debut. So Get Out, royal throne for me, and... That will do it for this week's Freeze Frame on the Middle Seats. Uh, keep an eye out for our podcast on us. We're very excited for it. If you want to get in touch with us, please like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Middle Seats. You can also listen to us on the go on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. For any questions, comments, and updates on the show, keep an eye on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at The Middle Seats. And if you like what you hear and you want to see more content, let us know and spread the word. That's it for this week's freeze frame at the middle seats. Keep that seat warm, everyone. We'll be back soon. 